You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Gong. Gong empowers your entire go-to-market organization by operationalizing your most valuable asset, your customer interactions. Transform your organization into a revenue machine by unlocking reality and helping your people reach their full potential. Get started now at gong.io. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Katarina Hoch, and I'm here today with Hannah Allen, EMEA Operations Director at Operatics. How are you doing today, Hannah? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's also a pleasure for me to be here today because you are all hearing a bit of a different voice this month. Normally, the show is hosted by our CEO, Aurelien Mortier. Today, we decided that I was going to host the show because the topic for this month is women in sales. We're going to be talking about women in sales, women in leadership, women in tech, and I'm a woman in marketing. (laughs) So it just felt right for me to host this show today alongside with Hannah, who is my colleague here at Opera and is a fantastic example of a very successful woman in sales. So Hannah, today we will be talking about women in sales, as as I mentioned, and the journey it took to get you where you are today, right? So before we go a bit more into the details, could you please tell us a bit more about yourself as well as giving us some background about your career at Operatics? Of course, thanks, Kat. So like most salespeople, that doesn't matter whether you're male or female, I didn't actively look for a sales role or think, yeah, I'd be good at that. My first proper sales role was actually in a travel agency call centre. It was very back at the beginning of the teletext holidays boom. It was an inbound role, but it's commission only, and it's because I had a love and passion for holidays. So to me, initially, it was a job in the travel industry, which was what I was passionate about. But when you were earning your own commission, you quickly learn how to upsell to earn more. So I stayed in the travel industry for about 12 years, did various roles from repping at like uh, Spanish islands and things like that to hotel acquisition. And all of those things required an element of selling as well from excursions and negotiations with hotels, etc. I then left the travel industry to have my family. And by doing that, I actually had a newfound empathy and understanding, listening skills, patience, and all of those things that come with being a new mum. At the time, going back into travel and hotel acquisition, it didn't fit in with lifestyle. So I then completely retrained, took a career that I never thought I would have done, sort of leaving school. I trained in childcare and I did that for nine years. I was self-employed. I did my courses. So I wasn't just learning online. I actually got qualifications in childcare as well, became an outstanding Ofsted registered childminder as well as part of that. But I lost a part of Hannah being mum. So when my youngest child started school and our personal circumstances changed as well, I was ready to get back into a sales role. And initially I was looking for that within the travel industry because that still very much had a place in my heart and still does to an extent today as well. At the time, just as I was about to start, I was going to work for one of the big UK airlines at the time who they then went into financial failure. The travel industry was also quite volatile. At the time, we'd gone through 9-11, volcanic ash clouds, lots of tour appraisal failures as well financially. So I needed to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. So and I didn't know what that direction was going to be. I knew I wanted sales. So that was my search on the job boards was just to apply for loads of sales roles. I didn't think I was going to get the role. But first off, I didn't have much tech experience. Mm-hmm. And when I first spoke to the recruiter, the first thing I did say to them was I don't do cold calling. 
Interesting. <laughs> but the way he sold operatics, I was actually curious enough to come and see what operatics was all about. I would say the rest was history, but I've done, I've just had my fit five year anniversary. So start as an SDR. We all start as SDRs as well. And don't get me wrong, it was definitely, it was challenging and it definitely a roller coaster of emotions and still is now at times as well when I first started I'd come from so this inbound sales role talking about things I knew when mm-hmm. it came to holidays things everybody wanted and loved and I could close business quite quickly and it took a good couple of weeks before I could actually get my first meeting booked we've had tremendous growth as well we've grown quickly year on year and within my first year as well from that growth I could actually start seeing a few cracks appearing but that was for me, it was almost where it cemented for me that actually a sales role is a sales role. It doesn't matter what sales environment you're in, whether it's a tech sales, travel sales, retail, whatever it is, those cracks are still the same, whether it's training cracks or reporting or mm. what have you. So that's where I found that I could actually make my mark. And obviously, I've been with the company a little while, so I've had confidence working with the guys as well, because it is very male dominated mm-hmm. but I had that confidence then to take a business plan to our VP of operations and with that business plan actually from there the operation structure changed with more layers to more of what it is today so there was more support for the SDRs a lot more around sort of the trading mentoring piece that we do a lot of now and the client management as well to give that red carpet treatment to our clients mm-hmm. In my time, my five years, I've had a part in most aspects of the operational leadership. And then by 2020, I actually split and had my own business unit, which had 15 SDRs in that. Fast forward to now, my business unit actually has 46 SDRs, four managers and me, and we're the largest team in the business. Exciting. And it's pretty cool because obviously I started a little bit before you at the company, Hannah, and I remember, you know, when you joined and, and seeing your progression and, you know, making your way up. And, and I, I still find it fascinating that you you were working child minding before and obviously all your experience in sales and in the travel industry must have helped. But it's really cool to see like the different backgrounds where people come from and, and where they are now. And we have got so many success stories in the company similar to yours. So it's quite exciting. And I think especially you being a woman as well in a similar situation than me, because I also had a similar career trajectory starting as an SDI and now being in a, in a VP marketing role. So it just comes to show that we were in the right place at the right time to be able to show the capabilities you had to help the company grow and I think that's that's quite an exciting journey that we share you and I and it's not just the capabilities I think a lot of it and I'm sure we'll talk about this later on does boil down to confidence yeah as well and not shying away from I guess watching and helping the company grow as well yeah and it's, it's interesting what you said earlier about oh I, di- I didn't think the role was going to be for me or I didn't know if I could do it and we see that so many times and, and we chatted about that before where you know often if you see a CV and you you tick the box of eight things that you think you could do well, but there is two that you don't think you could do well. Some women wouldn't even apply for the role, right? <laughs> so I think there is a bit of a trend of women being quite hard on themselves. Yeah, I wouldn't have actually applied for the role directly. I say sent it through to a recruiter that's recruit so I can put me in touch. Exactly that reason that you just said that, Kat. Had I read what the job description was and requirements are, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here today. See, interesting. It was meant to be. <laughs> tech sales is quite a, a male-dominated industry, as we know. And, and not only tech sales, but just tech in itself, right? And there is a statistics that show that only 25% of the sector salespeople are actually women. And only 12% of them part of 
you know, leadership teams. So I think we kind of a bit covered on that, but what did actually make you pursue a career in sales? What what kind of drove you to, to go down that route? Great question. I would say that actually it's not just tech sales that's male dominated. So travel was actually similar to within the call centers. Mm. Now, face-to-face in the shops was the ladies. And that's very much like consumer sales and retail. I believe Personally, I haven't got this from sort of facts and figures and LinkedIn posts, but I think a lot of that comes down to the male and female personality traits. Mm -hmm. Typically, women have got more organisational skills. They're seen as more helpful, more attentive to detail. Men are expected to have that kind of mental toughness and competitiveness, Mm -hmm. which is why, obviously, it's very almost overrun with men in sales, Mm -hmm. I think. For me, when I came to Operatics and previous roles, because I started in a very man-dominated environment before, I wasn't phased by coming into Operatics. Mm-hmm. I also believe that times have changed. Um, the tech industry is becoming more receptive to having females in sales now. And even in the last five years, I think when I was an SDR on phones, I was phoning men in the seat suite. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very often you'd come across a lady in that. Yeah, interesting. Um, very true. Now there's more ladies in the C-suite that you are speaking to. So why sales? I think, to be quite blunt and candid with you guys, because I like to be in control of the outcome. <laughs> and that also means being in control of my own earnings. Mm-hmm. So through the commission, I can actually set myself my earning goals. Mm-hmm. I like the ability to be able to make an impact to my earnings through how hard I worked. I also like the adrenaline of someone saying yes. I completely get that, Hannah. And I worked in sales roles before, completely unrelated to the tech industry. And also when I started as a product, I also started as an SDR. And, you know, that kind of thrill of getting a meeting and, you know, and seeing the deals progressing, I think that's amazing. And, and that's one thing that once I moved into marketing role, because now I'm still commissioned and deals that sales closes when they are a marketing source lead, I still get a thrill. And that's that's what I also enjoy a lot about sales. It's like you are in control. You know exactly that it's, it depends a lot on, on your doing a good job to, to be able to get there. And I think it's just really cool the thrill that you get of, of, of a new deal closing. And I don't know of many professions where you get that. So that's really interesting. Exactly. And I think a lot of people we interview will say they also like talking to people obviously that comes part and parcel of it my joy and love talking to people actually then what pushed me into that sales leadership role Mm -hmm. is because now because obviously I do I like people and I feel I can now make a difference and support them so support other people in achieving their goals and dreams as well yeah I like the fact that I'm now very much empowered in the decision making process and can also help to empower the team too so Mm -hmm. being a sales leader means you can actually wear many hats so I'm encompassing all of those things I've learned from right back when I first started out as an SDR and in the travel industry through to being mum and in childcare from coach to counsellor I'm even mum in some instances as well I think you're still about <laughs> here <Yeah, I> <laughs> um, and I do think women uh, I think sales needs more women in the yeah. girls because the style is more collaborative and transparent that's just naturally from being a female I think yeah yeah no that's interesting and do you kind of feel like you had to go through some rough times as well or what are any obstacles that you encountered during encountered during your sales career and then how did you overcome them yes it's a short answer being a woman in sales is hard being a successful female leader in sales is even harder so I was super confident in the travel market and coming into tech felt massively out of my depth a lot of the time, very much like the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I had to completely re-educate myself. Although you said two to three weeks wasn't really a long time, 
I did feel at the time thinking, is this really for me? Am I doing the right thing? So I definitely had to persevere mm-hmm. as I had to read. But because I'd retrained in a new career previously, so I'd retrained in that childcare and achieved the top of my game, I realised I could done it once before I could do it again. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's paid off. I was my own obstacle most of the time. And it's subconsciously because of everything you read or hear about sales being a job for a male, you have that fear of failure, a fear of speaking up fear of making mistakes it can also be quite intimidating walking onto a male-dominated sales floor for the first time mm-hmm. but say so the guys are very competitive um, i think you're more hannah <laughs> I, I, I am but it took a while to actually get over that obstacle yeah I actually have that confidence in myself initially when i first started that i couldn't compete but you do again something i did read recently is women tend to work twice as hard as guys and I felt actually at the beginning definitely was that I did work twice as hard but the outcome from that was the trust and respect mm-hmm. and as I was listening to and as I did that presentation and, and brought to our VP of operations say that this is what I think we need to do it was a list I was listening to it's accepted and that gave me that newfound confidence as well so my main answer I guess to the obstacles is that women typically have more complex personal lives than men so for me it was similar to probably most women out there is that you're juggling that family time work time even if you haven't got kids you're probably doing the Christmas shopping for your partner or whatever it might be in all honesty I'm still not good sit yet in terms of that juggling <laughs> I will say that I do work quite long hours and what have you my children have actually learned life lessons from me doing that and that that if you work hard it will be rewarded and through me working hard they're also being rewarded with the things that know they want and need and holidays and nice things like that for them as well and i think it's a great lesson for them to learn i remember i still remember in in in, uh, in lockdown when you did a post on linkedin where you were saying you know it's really hard to juggle homeschooling and you know the, not being able to give the kids that much attention but then also they will see you working hard and they will get it as an example for their future as well so you know it's the, the lessons that you will show them in the sense of things don't come easy you know you, you've got to work hard to be able to 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 get what you want so I think that's definitely like a great a great lesson for them to learn 100% and actually whilst you brought up the obviously going into lockdown everybody went through COVID everybody had different experiences of it yeah but actually that was probably one of the obstacles as well because it was in the early days of becoming a leader at Aquatic mm-hmm. and what I had to do is to bring that same team energy spirit and culture which we had in the office to working remotely for the first time mm-hmm. and obviously it's in a time of uncertainty I was in a position of authority and of power obviously being a mum experience I had people who young guys working from home working out of their bedrooms yeah and they had nowhere to go and they were very isolated mm-hmm. so I had to deal with that with the team and then throwing that homeschooling yes into the mix as well so that was definitely an obstacle but I can't say it was unique to me I'm sure there was plenty of other people who were juggling the same thing yeah and we all came out of it the other side right exactly we'll see what what the next uh, challenges are that are thrown at us <laughs> Another question I wanted to ask is what were the main misconceptions about working and succeeding in sales, particularly in the tech industry? Oh, I like this question. There's a lot of misconceptions 
about working in sales. I think actually you alluded to the first one when we talked about that confidence that yeah. you're on and whether there's any difference for men and women. I think the first one for me is that you need to be extrovert and arrogant to work in sales. <laughs> and that's why it's typically the men who fall into a sales role. And it really isn't the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I tried to do when I first started at Operatics was I had that newfound empathy and patience, etc. And I was trying to leave it at the door when I started every day because that's not what sales, what build sales people mm-hmm. in my mind. And that's what, how I've been trained. But actually, if you have, if you are more empathetic and have those listening skills, you can actually make a better salesperson because you could be more relatable mm-hmm. and seems truly helping rather than actually pushing the sale. Mm-hmm. And that comes quite in hand with what we've seen in terms of the consultative selling approach and, you know, building relationships and nurturing these relationships. Because I think gone are the days where, you know, people are like, pushy and just trying to get the line across and, and the contract sign. And I think it's a lot about how can you add value to people during the sales process and how can you actually help them and having more of that consultative approach and really being more empathetic, as you mentioned, is definitely a great way to, to build those relationships and, and building, build trusting relationships, which, which I think is super important in sales. Exactly that. And that goes to, I guess I've, I have three common misconceptions if you like in my head so obviously that was the first one about being extrovert the other is cold calling I had that misconception when I spoke to that recruiter I said no don't do cold calling mm-hmm. the misconception in sales is cold calling is a bad thing you read it on LinkedIn all the time cold calling instead but I was curious enough to come and see what operatics was about and obviously I'm, I'm pleased that I did but because if you approach cold calling with a genuine interest in helping the prospect and have done your research, mm-hmm. the call's got a purpose. Mm-hmm. The majority of the time it's got a positive outcome if you've done that research and you can, if you truly believe in your solution, it's almost your duty to share that with the prospect, particularly if you are able to help them. Yeah, interesting. And then my, I guess my third, but probably my personal favourite misconception is not all sales roles are wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Everybody thinks that and if you got friends from outside of a sales role they'll probably ask you questions around it and actually I think it's probably what puts women off going into sales as well what's your concept of Wall Street like how, how, how would you explain it hard boys club that kind of thing gotcha if you put into our car park you can certainly say it's not full of high-end sports cars driven by guys wearing design suits that's what kind of the movie leads you to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Well, we have a fantastic energy culture. I mean, that's some great nights out, but it's not. Oh, yeah, President's Club. Yeah, it's, like <laughs> it's not blowout parties every single night or anything like that. I think it kind of relates well to us that we, we work hard and we play hard. But, you know, we also feel like a family here you know I think that's one of the values in your team Hannah right and I see you're wearing your phoenix jumper there <laughs> so just for context our teams they are divided between like pods and Hannah's team is called the phoenix team so she, she's wearing her merch here but yeah I, I think you know that that whole feeling of family and, and inclusiveness and stuff that, that that's a lot what we see in your team especially Hannah and it's definitely not both of, of, of all streets so that's an interesting misconception for sure Now, I wanted to also ask, what advice would you give to other women who want to succeed in the sales industry and that may be starting out just like we did a while ago? Good question. I think this question can apply to everyone. And to be honest, it doesn't matter if the top players are male or female. You need to be able to keep up. But don't play the gender card. There's certainly no blue or pink jobs Mm -hmm. in sales. Anything. So obviously, I'm one of four near operations directors. I'm the only female. But anything the guys do. I would expect to be able to do as well. 
or even better or even better of course for me the big one is professional development it's reading i read a lot and sometimes it's not even books that are related to sales it's just general life books and biographies and things like that so listen to podcasts like this of course (laughs) learn from your mentors and peers learning space that's the main thing that's how i did well in the travel industry because i knew it inside out that was what gave me the imposter syndrome and the fear going into tech was because i didn't know the space so you learn the space immerse yourself in everything and it also helps you to build the confidence to speak up Mm -hmm. so speaking up is one of my big things for ladies that was something that i learned from being operatics when we had deirdre came in and did the told us mm-hmm. and that certainly helped and uh, you might just bring a unique and helpful perspective uh, it also means that you appear more proactive more influential you get gain more respect when you speak up in the right way so that's a big thing for me you also need to do something that sets you apart mm-hmm. so the best way to do that is to understand what you're really good at and perfect it and um, equally don't be afraid to obviously ask questions you need to be curious mm-hmm. so ask those questions don't second guess yourself some of the other tips I'd give would be around research and prep. So plan anything you need to talk about ahead of any of your calls, whether that's a prospect call, internal meeting, whatever it might be. Something I do tell the team regularly is the difference between a good salesperson and a great salesperson is all in the planning. Mm-hmm. And I guess the planning gives you confidence as well, right? It like does. once you you know what you're talking about and you feel confident about what you're going to talk about and how you're going to talk about it, how you're going to articulate it, you will also come more ready and prepared. And for anybody that is listening to this podcast, Hannah came with all of her answers ready here to go, which just shows how important the preparation is because obviously she managed to get all of her information across. And I see you doing that so many times, Hannah, whenever you go into presentations, because that definitely prepares you for what's coming and also helps you build that confidence, which obviously knowledge always brings confidence. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for coming onto the show. It was really, really interesting to to discuss this topic with you today. If anybody wants to carry on the conversation with you offline and wants to get any tips into how to get into the sales market or any leadership tips for women, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you? The best way would probably be my operatic email or LinkedIn, of course, a big user of that as well. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, once again, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you very much for having me, Kat. And just a reminder to anyone obviously listening and watching, be yourself and you don't have to be part of Boyd's Bar. Yay! (laughs) I love it. All right. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Kat. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.